At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Welcome to the Foul Front Outdoors Waterfowl Podcast, where our goal is to recruit and educate new hunters while entertaining the rest of you. Without new hunters and the mentorship of those more seasoned, this passion as we know it faces an uncertain future. So get the word out, turn the volume up, and enjoy the show, because you're on the Foul Front. This week's episode is brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries, the fastest growing, most affordable decoys on the market with unmatched customer service. Visit them online at DiveBombIndustries.com, on Instagram, or Facebook at DiveBombIndustries. Or go ahead and give them a call anytime, seven days a week, at 314-322-7468. And go ahead and use the promo code FOWLFRONT, all undercase with a space in between foul and front, for 10% off your next purchase of Dive Bomb Decoys. This episode also brought to you in part by Hunt Hickory Creek. And new to Hunt Hickory Creek this year is their Central Kansas Lodge. They're going to be running hunters from the end of October all the way through January. And their main hunting area is located between Kavira National Refuge and Cheyenne Bottoms. Now, Central Kansas is a special place for waterfowl hunting. And during the peak migration, these refuges hold hundreds of thousands, if not close to millions of birds at one time. So for your chance of a hunt of a lifetime, head on over to HuntHickoryCreek.com because if you're going to hunt Kansas... Hunt Hickory Creek. All right. This week we've got Cody Stokes, the president of Dive Bomb Industries. And on this episode, I got to tell you, it's really nice. It's really refreshing to hear from people that are so big kind of in the industry behind the scenes and how they never stop thinking about the the end user. Um, That's us, the guys on the ground, Um, especially, um, you know, guys like the guys and gals, like the, the foul front listeners that, um, you know, we're not big names. We don't, a lot of us are budget 
hunters and all that. And it's just really, it's, it's great to, to see conservation minded down to earth people, um, that are behind these companies. All right. So Cody goes ahead and he's going to give us a little, um, lineup of the products they have coming out and the products that they already do have out. Um, but past that, he's really going to give us some, some tips for how to utilize these products in the field. Um, whether that be running smaller numbers of spreads or how to actually emplace um, a, a very effective uh, 2D spread. And then also we, we touch a little bit about um, on you know the company's history and kind of give you a peek behind the curtain on what they got going on in there. So all right, without much further to do, let's get into it. All right, Cody. Well, what what's your background in hunting? Uh, let's see. My background in hunting. I grew up chasing uh, animals around uh, with suburbs of St. Louis. My grandpa had a little bit of property uh, west suburbs, and he let me run around in the backyard with a pellet gun, bow and arrow, and and uh, first squirrel I ever shot. He, he made me fetch it over the neighbor's fence, bring it back to him, pulled out his pocket knife right then and there, and uh, gutted it, skinned it cut the head off and pass it into into my grandma and the next thing you know that night we were having fried squirrel so pressure cooked uh, right into the skillet and that was my first my first real hunting experience i don't know if you really call it a hunt or not but uh that's i think that's the first time i ever really killed anything but uh no that's that's a pretty fond memory of uh killing my first animal and then something you know makes me proud of my grandpa eating it and and making me do the right thing with it so uh but no after that um uh, I grew up hunting a club in St. Charles for a little while with, uh, with someone in my family and then uh, ended up starting shooting competitively. And then through that, I met a bunch of guys uh, in central Missouri, and um, we started hunting their local farms and then uh, the Missouri conservation areas, Eagle Bluffs and Grand Pass, which are two phenomenal duck hunting uh, areas that are public in Missouri. So then after school, after school, uh, you know, first year out after college, packed up and uh, drove up to Saskatchewan for 10 days with some friends and we've been doing that for the last 10 or so years we got a we got a, an old uh, 85 88 or something 80 I think it's an 88 f-150 up there we bought off of an old lady so that's we keep that up there with the 12 foot enclosed trailer with uh with full of decoys so awesome. that's uh it's kind of where I'm at and then just this last year I started taking on going go and visit some clients and some larger outfitters and things like that and and uh, being entertained, and it's a, there's a big difference between going out and sky, scouting and and doing the homework and doing all the legwork yourself, uh, yourself rather than going to an outfitter and letting them do do all of it for you. So, so anyway, that's that's kind of my intro. All right, we're going to take a quick second to hear from some of the companies and some of our other partners that help bring you this show. Hey everyone, Austin here with Colorado Custom Game Calls. Are you looking for a duck or goose call for next season? Are you a budget hunter? Well, guys, let us know over here at Colorado Custom Game Calls. We provide high-quality calls at affordable prices. We are budget hunter friendly. Whether it be the colors of the resin, the colors of the band, do you want something in your call? It's your call. You get to build it from the ground up. So, guys, make sure you go check us out on our Facebook and Instagram and on the web at coloradocustomgamecalls.com. Do you remember, Cody, how old were you when you uh, shot that squirrel? Heck, I don't know, six or seven maybe. Uh, pretty, and, pretty, pretty young. So, 
Yeah, that, that's crazy. You know, a lot of people, when they're trying to give you advice, getting youth involved in hunting in this day and age, they kind of like to give kids a soft introduction. But you got to experience the whole thing from loading that pellet gun all the way to the dinner table. Wow. Yeah. So, no, just just let me loose in the backyard with a pellet gun. Have some fun. So, you know, uh, the, the grandparents that I did that with, they grew up, I mean, they grew up poor. Uh, South Central Missouri, a small town. By the name of Crocker, so I have guns and hunting and and eating from the land. I mean, that's that's the that's that's the way they survived. So you know, you know, I, w- I went and sat in a uh, uh, conservation education class once, and I listened to them. My, my I had my grandpa there with me, and we sat there, and, and they were trying to teach ethics along with hunting. You know, and, and eating what you kill is one thing, but they were trying to tell the class not to shoot a rabbit in a den or not to shoot a quail in his covey and all that stuff. And uh, my grandpa goes, well, the, the, the game changes a little bit when you're hungry and you're trying to feed your family. So, right. you know, that's just interesting talk. So. Did you know that tagging migratory game birds after you harvest them is a federal law? Did you know it's being enforced in all 50 U.S. states and Canada? Well, Toe Tags LLC has just a solution for migratory game bird hunters, a waterproof tagging solution that meets all federal tagging laws. With several options of tags and custom tags available, this is perfect for all hunters. Whether you are an outfitter or a weekender, for just a few cents a day, you can ensure you're in compliance with the law. Contact Totags LLC at www.totagsllc.com. Hey, I want to tell you about a hunt logging system that my friend Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting has created. It's a site called Freelance Hunt Stats. At Freelance Hunt Stats, you can record information from each day's hunt, which allows you to remember what took place each day, and it also helps you improve your future hunting success. It's easy to use, it tracks game totals, weather patterns, shooting information, bird averages, and a lot more. So go to FreelanceHuntStats.com and create an account to start logging your hunts today. So, how did Dive Bomb Industries come about? Why silhouettes? Why socks? So, uh, Dive Bomb, man, I always wanted to get in this industry. I I always looked at the Cabela's magazines, uh, I always watched the Outdoor Channel. You know, fishing and hunting were were really my thing, so... And I always wanted to break in either one, and uh, I got real into uh, to the waterfowl side uh, probably about the perfect time. I mean, uh, I'm in manufacturing already, so that opens up uh, opens up some opportunities to meet meet certain people and partners, and uh, and uh, give me some experiences to kind of have a knack for what I do already. But but uh, no, I, I saw an opening, and and uh, I think in the silhouettes, and uh, man, I, I I figured heck. I'm hunting this one field. I could use some more, use some more bulk to my spread. And how the heck am I going to afford it? And uh, I looked and, and saw, hey, a silhouette's probably the way to go. The tooling costs, the overhead costs involved are pretty low, and and there seemed to be a hole where uh, where I could slide a product right into it. So that was it. I, I took some pictures at a park and some geese and laid them out on plastic and sought out a, a manufacturing partner and. I, I ran 500 dozen, so brought in the first 500 dozen, and I really didn't have a website or a logo or any of that stuff, and just dreaming, up, dreaming and dreaming up uh, logo after logo, and finally, uh, you know, came up with the dive bomb one, and I ran those silhouettes myself and sold some through friends, and eventually put an ad up, ads up on Craigslist throughout the states, and pointed them to the website um, when they they inquired, and that's basically how it started, and, you know. That was, I think, going on eight, seven, eight years ago, nine years ago. So it hasn't been a, it hasn't been an overnight success. It's been, it's been basically an organic growth, uh, you know, word of mouth, and and uh, there it is. 
Do you remember your your first sale? <laughs> uh, man, I don't know. I got I, I got my first first couple. I think there's a, there's a kid in Pennsylvania called uh, by the name of Brandon Moyer, and he's always been a really good guy, and uh, he's probably one of the one of the first ones. So, oh no, and then there's a, another guy came through here every once in a while. Does a lot of land management stuff. He just wanted him to, he wanted him to run uh, with his dogs. So he came in here and bought some just to run with his dogs, and he would go to different dog shows and whatnot. And and uh, he was like, hey, all these guys are wanting them to run their dogs through, and you know, and they're also wanting them to hunt with. So for me to help you sell some, I'm not looking to make any money. So, yeah, that's how it started. And, and you know, we had that first 500 dozen, and and they went out of here like crazy. So went and went and ran another, I don't know, hundred dozen or something, or 500 dozen or 700 dozen, I think it was. And and you know what? They were just messed up. They were the colors were wrong, and the textures were wrong, and the, and the steel was so, soft, and all that stuff. And you know, I'm, I'm looking at all this money that I'm pro- probably not going to be able to recuperate. All the profit from that first run is now sitting here in bad product. And I'm, you know, looking at it and just thinking, what? You know, this is this is the end. It's over, and all that stuff. So, I think the second season I was involved, I, I don't think I sold anything. People were asking if we were still in business. Yes, of course we are. You know, we're out of stock, we're out of stock, and and uh, talked to my dad. I said, Hey, what do you think I should do here? He's like, Like, well. You selling any? Yeah. Are you having some fun doing it? He goes, I said, yeah. And he said, well, why the hell would you quit? Keep going. So uh, went went back at it one more time, and and that was part of uh, the changeover between the V1. At the, at, the, at the time, we didn't know V1 was ever a V1. We just thought it was, you know, our Canada Goose silhouette. But version one would stand for version, or V1 would stand for version one, and then we came out with the V2, and that's what we're still selling today. So made a bunch of improvements, and uh and uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a great product, and it's been that way for going on five six years now. So yeah, when did you, when did you say like? Uh, I mean, I think I first heard about you guys only like a year and a half, two years ago. I might yeah. have just been a little you know behind on it, but uh, you guys are big. You guys are like juggernauts in social media right now. <laughs> Asher, uh, you know, I was I was never a big social media personally, never a big social media guy. I mean that. Uh, you know, Instagram, I think, is fantastic. I, I really like it. I, I'm, I'm addicted to it. But uh, the Facebook stuff, I never really got into. And I think Instagram really picked up its popularity in 13, 14, 15, stuff like that. And, and I just started an Instagram page, I think, in 15. Uh, but before that, no, we were just magazine and word of mouth. And those social media stuff has, has really made it help. I mean, we've got some good partners in the industry. And then uh, we've got a guy that runs our social social media asher he's just done a fantastic job so yeah the social media these days is, is really the ticket i mean like the magazine circulations are you know 20 30 40,000 people and then you got a good guy on instagram that has 40,000 followers he can reach out to them at any 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 time of day and touch 40 40,000 people so i mean you're getting a lot better bang for your buck and it's just uh it's a really really efficient way to market and advertise so yeah, you know, I'm kind of with Ben as well. Uh, I'm, you know, new to dive bombs in the last couple of years, and it's because of your social media presence. But that's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, that's really cool to hear your backstory and how, you know, those words that your dad told you. I think those are just key words of wisdom to anybody in their life. You know, do what you're enjoying, and so to hear that you kept plugging away with that, and that there is a backstory besides just like an overnight success, like you said, that's not the way it worked out. That's really cool, and it's kind of humbling. Cool. Well, I think so. Yeah, it's cer- certainly humbling. It's a, 
it's kind of unbelievable to see to see this place having the having the pace at the pace pace it is right now it's just uh it's really really cool uh so yeah. I'm proud of proud of everyone that's helped me you know along the way and and I don't want to say I'm proud of myself but I mean it's just it's just a good feeling so right yeah no I love that we can hear the forklifts in the background I think I, you know you can hear orders being <laughs> that's awesome um, I wish we, if we were if we were video chat I'd take you out there right now and show you the madness so <laughs> I got um, so how'd you get linked up with Asher? Because he's he's big in the group, and uh, I mean the guys in the in the group just love you know having him in there and uh, talking. And we really appreciate you all uh, throwing our uh, listeners that discount code last week. I think we got a lot of good guys uh, um, into some spreads that they normally wouldn't have been able to afford, and we just really appreciate you affording a, that opportunity to to the listeners. Yeah. Well, uh, how did I, how did I meet Asher? Asher had a page. A large page, uh, compatriot outdoors, and he reached out to me before, uh, probably before, he reached out to me five or six years ago, I think, and said, Hey, man, we want to, we'd love to run some of your product. Would you be willing to make a trade? You know, uh, we'll help you with some social media stuff and, and, uh, we'll run your product at the same time. I said, Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a great thing. And, and I'm telling you, I've had so many guys come and inquire or say, hey, I'm going to make a video for you, or here's my hunting group. What can we have for free? And, you know, I'm I'm pretty liberal with this stuff. Uh, you know, I like to put a lot of trust in people and say, hey, here's your product. Let's see what you got. And, and uh, a lot of times it works out, and a lot of times it doesn't. But, you know, with him, it, it, it uh, he, uh, he exceeded exceeded the expectations that I'd set. And uh, he said, hey, I'm looking for some more product. Absolutely. What do you need? Here you go. And, uh, he's a professional baseball player and I didn't even realize that when I was talking to him at first. And, uh, he came back at me a year or two ago and said, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, uh if you're interested at all with any help, dive bomb, let me know. And he just started off as kind of a small role and helping me with posts here and there. And then he, you know, uh, had to get involved with customer service because a lot of that, you know, intertwines with the social media. I mean, customer service isn't just via our phone or, or our um, or or our email anymore. It's Facebook. It's Instagram. I mean, that's your that's a, that's basically the main outlet anymore. So he had to cover. He basically had to integrate himself into all of those, and he manages customer service. He manages uh, social media, and he's taken on pretty much a full time role here. So, so yeah, he's he's doing fantastic. I got nothing but good things to say about him. So. Yeah. So, who else do we got back there? Uh, who, you know, who else helps run the ship? Who do we have, who do we have here? We got Andy. Uh, uh, you know, you know, being a shipping guy is tough sometimes. I mean, sure. uh, he's got orders flying in here left and right, and the worst thing that can happen to a guy like him is we have something going back order, and then he's got to he can't he can't finish out orders. He's got to leave them open and ship what's on back order as soon as it comes in, and it just takes a, it takes a simple. Simple, efficient system, and it just throws a wrench in it, you know. Uh, but Andy, um, we got Andy over in shipping. He does most of the shipping stuff. Uh, then we have Debbie out there. She's a real nice woman uh, who does a lot of the picking and pulling. Uh, and Andy, go out, Andy will do most of the paperwork stuff and labeling and all that. Uh, schedule the LTL, so like the pallet size shipment that's go, shipments that go out. He'll handle all that, and then he actually double checks everything that Debbie does. So, I. I've pulled orders myself. You know, I started doing it all by myself, pulling orders and everything. And you know, without someone there to double check you, it's just a matter of time. You know, you get you get caught up in fifty order day, or you ca- get caught up with the UPS guy showing up in five minutes, and you know the stuff hits the fan and you make errors. So we've, we've just really tried 
to integrate a two-person system out here so they can check each other and and you know and slow them down just a bit. We know we do everything we can to get orders out the same day and at the latest the next day. But you know sometimes you just gotta say hey, slow down, take a deep breath. We'll call in another pickup later on in the day and and it's uh, kind of how we how we want to manage it here. So. But to those two, and then I uh, got a manufacturing partner that had been with me since day one. Fantastic guy, uh, share a lot of interests, uh, hard worker, you know, and that's pretty much uh, pretty much the core group. Awesome, awesome. Now, you, you know, you mentioned a little bit about how you named the in the first one the V one, and now you guys are on the V two, and you get the V two Fs. Um, you know, kind of familiar with the the current uh, products, but you guys have some stuff coming out here that. Uh, Asher was telling us about a little bit, but um, you want to mention any of that at all? Yeah, sure. Uh, so just to, just today, we we got in uh, the S3 HL. So the S3 is our it's kind of our signature snow line. We dropped the S2, which was a graffiti a graffiti back. Uh, we commissioned a graffiti artist out of Minnesota, uh, and he did the S2. But uh, we now have the S3, which is beautiful paint. Uh, we have that in a blue snow and a juvie, and we. Just are gonna, we're probably gonna introduce the headless version of that to reduce costs and save some volumes in those in those sock bags, uh, probably today or tomorrow. So headless S threes, and then we've got uh, uh, same backbone system, but the stakes taller now uh, to 36 inches will be the S five. So we'll have S five with a head and S five HL, and those are by request. You wouldn't believe the request we had for guys that wanted to help hide. So, uh, you know, piling socks in around hunters, whether in, they're in whites or if they're in under their potato sacks or rucksacks or even in their layout lines. So we got tall stake uh, socks coming out and uh, heads and, and heads off. And then those are tall enough. Uh, you know, you, you see corn combined at six inches high and then you see corn combined at 14 inches. Well, these will, these will be clear over that 14 or 18 or however tall those those stocks are to keep the bags oh, yeah. from getting keep the bags from getting ripped up. So. And then uh, on down the line, uh, we've, we have, we'll have bags for the S5s because they're too long to fit in the regular bags we offer. Uh, we have a crane bag that we're going to release more than likely tonight. Uh, the cranes are massive, so the bag is also massive. Uh, you know, massive bag. We actually have it collapsed down to something that's manageable, which is pretty cool. And then the uh, the cranes now allow you to permanently attach them to the stake system, so you can keep the stakes attached and put them in the bag all together, and it'll really keep them from uh, from running all over your trailer and getting dirty and whatnot. Right. And uh, man, we we got a, we got more stuff coming. Uh, can we keep going? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> we've got uh, we've got pintail silhouette coming out. Uh, those are good. those are good. We're expecting them in a month or so, but they're probably going to be pushed out because we are running these V2 and V2F Canadas. We are running them full throttle. I mean, we are just running the daylights out of them. So yeah. it, for us to cut in and run 500 dozen of some pintails, it, uh, it, would, it, would, it would murder you know a big portion of that production on the Canadas. So sure. sometime this fall, we're going to have a pintail. They're finalized. Heck, I'm looking at them in my, in my office right now. Uh, so we got pintail silhouettes coming out. Um, the V2 snow, which is the snow silhouette, uh, we've changed, uh, we've changed the paint scheme. So, you know, all the requests where we want big and white and simple as can be and, and they get them out in the field. And I don't know if it was the clients or the pictures or what, but 
They're like, oh man, we said white, but we, we, we need them toned down just a little bit. So we added gray, added some detail around the eyes, uh, uh, just added some contour. So they look, they look very, very realistic. They look very nice right now. So, yeah. and then, yeah. um, oh, go ahead. No, sorry. You know, t- we were talking about your, the bags that you were talking about earlier. Tegan uh-huh. just got, just got hands on one of those bags, uh, um, this, this afternoon. Cause I, I got one over here and, um, the thing that's awesome about those bags is you've got so many different ways you can carry it. You can buddy carry them with the handles on the side. You've got you can throw it over your back like a, a backpack strap, or you can throw it over a shoulder. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I was impressed by that bag. Well, cool. Yeah, the other feature of that bag is uh, it stands upright with uh, without any decoys in it at all. So you can you never yeah. you don't have to dedicate an arm or two arms to holding it open while your buddy fills it full. You can just. Leave it upright itself, and then uh, yeah, the straps you mentioned on the side—they're new. They're new as of uh, about a week ago. So you guys must have your hands on a brand new one. Yeah. And, and it, additionally, on that bag, we've increased the seam strengths uh, in almost every location. So, you know, we had bags running all over the world last year, all over the country, and and uh, got a ton of feedback on you know weak points and what what needed improvement, and we applied all that this year. So the bag we have this year should just be as bulletproof as, as it can. As more than likely as as it can get, so so uh, yeah, that bag's pretty pretty cool at this point. So absolutely, yeah, um, yeah, and then just things, flyer requests, uh, some some upright. Uh, all of our snows right now, their their feet are in headless. We got some stuff uh, to make them to make the snows go up. Right. The only problem with an upright is uh, once you put that head on it permanently, then it won't fit in the fit in the V2 bag, and then they just mm. get they get large and they get cumbersome. And then if you put that head on top of a 36 inch stake for an S5, and you got something that's four miles long. So, so uh, collapsible upright head is something we're gonna we're gonna integrate here probably this spring, and then uh, flyer um, something to to make those flyers move and no wind days, and then. Uh, Working on, we get more requests for apparel and hats and uh, and clothing and whatnot. So we we got about ten new hats of brewing, a uh, whole bunch of shirts, really cool new pocket shirt. We're gonna release in a couple days, and then maybe a maybe a raincoat and some jackets. I'm not sure about that, but we're working on it. Yeah, you gotta love the pocket tees. That's pretty cool. A good expansion on the apparel line, not just the decoys. Yeah, these, yeah, you know, just this weekend they're like, man, this 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 logo is cool. It could be like a lifestyle brand. I'm like, yeah. yeah. You know, this, this, let's keep this focus on waterfowl. And, you know, if, you know, otherwise, yeah. otherwise, you lose your blinders, and you just end up, you, heck, you end up into tennis, and that's just not what we are. We're focused, focused on waterfowl, and that's that. So, well, I say you gotta, you know, not having time to, uh, you know, cut out pintails because you got too many Canadas to go out. I'd say that's a pretty good problem to have for you guys. <laughs> it's a good problem. It's a good problem. It just you makes know, you go ahead. No, sorry. Go ahead. No, it just makes you wish you'd have got on it earlier. But you know the, the the growth and stuff. You know, just there's no there's no telling how to predict what we're really going to do next year, other than other than uh, our past year sales. So it's a it's kind of a gamble on what we're stocking here. So well, I'm sure whatever you come out with year to year, it's going to be good. I mean, you guys' reputation is holding up. Uh, you know, when we talked to Asher, we mainly talked about a lot of Canada silhouette and sock situations, but. You know, being in Missouri and then going up to Saskatchewan every year, do you do much snow goose hunting? Yeah. You know, we run spreads up there. But as far as around here goes, I don't think the St. the St. Louis side, I don't think gets the, gets the snow. Is every once in a while we get a big we get a big push if there's a bunch of snow out west, but you know, 
I killed more more snows at a buddy's farm just outside of St. Louis this fall. So St. Louis is St. Louis's uh, duck season this past year was poor. And man, my buddy threw God, I think he had thousand plus decoys, maybe two thousand, and a rotary out in a pit blind. And heck, when the duck when the ducks weren't flying, the snow geese were flying. They're flying the wrong way. And heck, we shot more geese, more snow geese this fall than we than heck I'd ever shot, and he'd ever shot uh, in St. Louis ever. But no, predominantly just chase them up in Canada in October. Uh, and you know, you find a duck field up there, you find you find a honker field up there. Chances are. Those ducks are going to hit that same spot, I mean, within 100 yards the next morning. You can watch a snowfield for a week and a half. You go out there, you go out there, heck, they may not show, or they'll all come off the roost at one time, and you just you just blew the whole morning. Uh, and once, you know, if a good portion of those snows get off the roost and they head your way and you blow them out, you know, the group behind them, you think they're going to follow a 1,000 geese circling a field in the air flying around you think they're going to go to a thousand stationary socks on the ground i think they're going to go to the live ones so that's that's the t- that's the tough part about snow goose hunting is they're, they're just they're just a different different breed but uh man if i if i'm going to snow goose hunt i'm going to throw as much as i got at them i mean as big bigger the better the more flyers the more motion uh and then obviously hiding yourself in that but you know big big difference between hunting snows and stuff as compared to the ducks, so man, if I'm hunting ducks, I put out what I see or, or a little larger. I mean, if, if they're just a colossal feed, then I mean, you're never going to really touch it. But I try and throw out, if it's just ducks, I throw out ducks. If it's just honkers, then I throw out honkers. I mean, I'm not trying to put out honkers to tease, tease in some mallards that have been feeding in a field by themselves for the last, you know, five days. I don't know why I would do that. I don't know, but I hear a lot of success of guys running honkers just for just for ducks, and I know there's you know huge players in the industry that do it. So uh, I know they're highly visible, and uh, and they, I think they get along in the field. So I don't think that's a bad, bad tact at all. So yeah, you know, I'm glad you bring that up because one of the things I want to pick your brain on is hunting over your duck silos because you know I don't have a problem with shooting geese. I love it, but ducks are definitely you know my primary love. Um, and so, yeah, I wanted to actually, that's one of the questions I was going to ask you was when you're hunting ducks in a field, are you putting out just duck silos or are you trying to, you know, draw ducks in with the geese? If there's geese, if there's geese around, put out, put out a whole bunch of the silhouettes, put out a ton of the socks or silhouettes, put the honkers out. They are, they are so visible. It's crazy. And then I'd mix in some, uh, some of the ducks with them. And then, if you're primarily duck hunting, man, don't forget the motion. I mean, that's that's the real. That's with the ducks being the motion is so key. It's crazy. Uh, so, I, if you got honkers and you got mallards, run them together. If you just want to r- run a pure mallard spread, you can do that also. But I'd put the mojos in there with them. So, okay. What about uh, over water situations? Do you do you ever hunt with your duck silos over waters? Maybe you know, put them in just a few inches sure. uh, of water. Yeah. Uh, there was a year we there was a year we had so much sheet water up in Saskatchewan that we we couldn't find birds in a dry field. So, I mean, we ran them in sheet water. I think by, by sheet water, you know, that really fans out out there. But you know, we had water in excess of foot, you know, something like that. We've got a thirty, I think a thirty or thirty six inch stake that you can run through the silhouettes. You can run them through uh, the V twos, the V two Fs, and then the mallards uh, mallard silos. So we actually have a tall stake. So you can run them in, uh, you can run them in, you know, foot and a half, two foot of water if you want to, and they work just fine. 
and those tall sticks also help you hide around the blind. But I mean, if you're predominantly hunting water, you should probably be running a floater. I mean, you're going to get motion off the water, uh, and uh, you're going to get it's just a water decoy for water. But you can certainly run them around the edges. If, if you're sheet water in the field, it's absolutely perfect. Uh, so yeah, water application would be would be around the banks. It'd be in the water as deep as you can go, and uh, and then if you're much deeper than that, you probably need to get a floater. I mean, we would we wouldn't believe the guys out in Maryland that run that run V boards. So we get so many requests on, hey, can you come up with a V board for us? So that's running. I'm not sure if you're familiar with a V board, but that's running. Uh, you know, basically a two by four, you know, cutting what's what's three sixty divided by three. I guess that's your angles. You put your two by fours together at and they float and you got three silhouettes all facing each other, facing opposite directions, but they run silhouettes on water. So I think they've been doing out in Maryland and on that eastern shore for decades and decades. So silhouettes will work on water. I think it's proven. Yeah, that's actually on my bucket list. They, what is it called? Body booting? Is that what they call the, when you're behind those V boards in the water? Yeah, that, with a, the, the wetsuit or something? Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of those guys run those V boards, don't they, out there on the eastern shore and that yeah. you know knee deep, hip deep water? Yep, they run that. Well, the V boards would just be using normal, a normal size silhouette. I've seen all those guys uh, with what you're talking about running these just giants. I mean, I've seen that. I've seen that with cranes. And I was at an outfitter and they had, uh, they had uh, pelicans. You know, pelicans migrate just like ducks and geese do. So they're in those, uh, they're in those state parks and, and refugees and all that stuff so yeah i saw guys cut out uh, pelicans and hide behind those just like you're talking about but that was in kansas so i thought that was pretty cool huh yeah that's, yeah i've seen that I've seen in that. oklahoma um never drove up next to it but there was just some huge white decoys that these guys were running on the opposite side of the lake you could see it from half a mile away so yeah oh whew. yeah well, what what else we know well, what what have you learned um, about birds or, or hunting birds uh, since hunting over two D you know two D spreads the last eight years or so? Uh, two. What have I learned that, that the two D stuff is just effect, as effective as the three D stuff? And you can save a heck of a lot of money by running two D. You can save a heck of a lot of time and energy by running two D. Uh, yeah. You really you really can. You just kind of got to let. You just kind of got to. I let go of what you what you see and and uh, what you've heard and and what the media is telling you and uh, you just got to run it and try it firsthand and uh, I think you'll be surprised with the results. So and there's so much more, you know. There's deep the decoys, decoys are they're important. They really are. But number one is location, uh, without a doubt. Number number two is probably your hide. Number three is calling, and then you know uh, four would probably be your decoys. So. Uh, there's a whole lot more into hunter success than the decoys. Uh, we get every once in a while we get a guy that says these these you know these decoys didn't work for us. We want to return them, and we said, well, what, give me give us your scenario, and and uh, it just sounds like a recipe of, of they were either in the wrong spot or they weren't hidden or whatnot. But uh, they send them back in, no problem, and and uh, we sell them to the next guy, and he seems to have perfect perfect results with them. But but no, two D two D is effective. It's been around for a long time, um, you know. Uh, that's predominantly what I've learned. And then, you know, industry-wise, I've learned if you take care of people, if you take care of people, even the kids, you know, especially the kids, if, if you got a guy, you know, 18-year-old or high school kid, and he's calling in and he hands the phone to his mom and he says, hey, my mom's going to order for me because I don't have a credit card and whatnot. 
man, you throw on a shirt or a decal or, you know, help him out with something. And that kid's going to remember that. He's going to remember that for a long time. So if your business, if your business plan is to be around and be a significant player in decades to come, it's, it's like, and those little guys that really don't amount to much at the end of the day on the bottom line of the company, you know, one of these days, and when they go to go to school and their buddies talk, I mean, one of these days, they could be something or hopefully are something, and 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 that's the future of this company. So, and who doesn't like taking care of a younger guy and and uh, a guy coming up and whatnot? So, I think you guys can relate, and I certainly can, uh, what it's like growing up and uh, you know your budget and and whatnot. So, yes, sir, absolutely, and that's awesome to hear. You know, not only are you keeping care of those uh, relations, but also to hear a guy who's running a decoy business to just be honest and tell you that decoys probably aren't the number one factor in your success of a hunt. But, yeah, it is great. They're top of the line. You know, the the hunting guides are using them. And speaking of hunting guides, let's uh, take it over to Chase real quick, who's going to give us our Foul Front Pro Tip of the Week, brought to you by Hunt Hickory Creek. Hey guys, this is Chase from Hunt Hickory Creek with your Pro Tip of the Week. Do you ever have issues finding a landowner once you find the birds? Well, there's a couple of different things that you can do. First of all, we always use Onyx here at Hunt Hickory Creek. It'll provide information such as landowner name, size of the property, and maybe even their tax address. So with that information, you can go through Google or your local white pages and see if you can find their information as far as a phone number or an actual fiscal address. If that doesn't work, and a lot of times we will go to the courthouse or even the co-op and try to find out more information about the land that we're trying to get permission to hunt on. Also, we will go around and try to talk to maybe local farmers or ranchers to see if we can get information on the landowner and possibly even contact information. These are a couple of different ways that when you're in a hurry to try to get permission, you can quickly and efficiently find out who the landowner is, and that way you can get after the birds. If you have any further questions on this kind of information, feel free to send me a message on Facebook or Instagram, and we can discuss different ways that you can try to get permission in your local hunting area. Once again, this is Chase with Hunt Hickory Creek with your pro tip of the week. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, so are the 18-year-old kids that just are heading out to college for the first time you know, this fall or and, and have only have 200 bucks and five buddies to go in on it, you know, and that's, I think that's uh, something that's pretty, pretty neat about your guys's, uh, you know, price point and quality. Yeah. So. 200, 200 bucks and five guys, you're at, you're at a you're thousand dollars. You're running, uh, you're running 15 dozen, 15 dozen silhouettes. That's easy with a little yeah. bit of, with a little bit of money to spare. So a 15, a 15 dozen spread and five guys at the age of 18 is, is phenomenal. I mean, and you know, in that price, the deceiving part, and, and I think part of the reason for not slow growth, but just you know natural organic growth, and a response that, that comes with it is, you know, people see a price tag and they automatically assume that the price tag is a result of the materials that are in the product, and that's just that's just not the case with our product. So uh, we didn't cut any costs with materials or processes or or development or anything like that. We've basically cut out uh, a middleman, a middleman margin or, or a profit markup that we can simply pass on to our customer. So we can offer a product that's uh, 
as good or better than anything that the professionals have once touched or the big box stores currently sell, and we can offer it at a lower price. So, you know, uh, undersell, over-deliver, I say that quite a bit, but uh, we try not to over overemphasize or, or oversell our product. We want people to get it and be a little skeptical and then open the box and send us an email and say, I can't believe what I just got for this amount of money. It's like, you know, I wouldn't, you, I, you wouldn't believe how many of those uh, how many of those emails we get? Like, guys, just got my first five dozen. Was skeptical, but get ready for some more orders down the road. And that's just so cool, you know. So uh, there's nothing. That's gotta to be see. a good feeling. Yeah, it's awesome, and it's just it, it makes it gives you the good guy feeling. You know, you're not trying to do anything dece- deceitful and dishonest, and uh, you know, you're 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 letting guys, you know, but once weren't able to to be competitive with big league guys to now just be alongside them. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, when it comes to you know deploying these you know big spreads of two D decoys, mm-hmm. um, you know I, I went and set out the, my five dozen that I've got right now, and um, you know my wife came home and like took a picture and was like, oh my gosh, um, and she had multiple comments um, like from her friends like, are those pictures of geese on like a a piece of plastic or something? like those look like real birds. Yeah, and uh, like these are non-hunters and whatnot. But um, then you know, a couple of my other buddies, they were giving me uh, either some crap or some helpful advice. Like, hey, you got to make sure that you uh, you know when you place one, you walk three feet, and then you place another one, and then all this other stuff. Um, but have you found any like good rules for like realistic spreads or different types of the season? Like maybe you go you know because at a certain point, if you just walk at, you know three feet. You're just going to have a very uniform um, spread. I just, any yeah. tips or tricks? Uh, tips or tricks, you, you know, uh, geese are going to be coming in uh, into the wind. So I, I personally like to have the fattest, uh, fattest spread possible when they're, when they're on approach. So I like to put a lot of the deeks uh, perpendicular to the wind. That's my personal preference. And then uh, – you know, don't walk in a straight line and, and string them all up three feet apart. Be Try to be random. Don't walk straight. I mean, take three steps to the right. Take three steps to the left. And you don't have to have one big bunch. You can have some smaller family groups broken off. I mean, you know, put a, put a group of five, put a group of 10, 30 yards to the right or 50 yards downwind and and uh, break it up that way. But, no, I've seen guys run them in little triangles, and I, I just – I think that's uh, I don't think that's the best way to do it, you know, kind of like the V-board style but in the ground but in the ground because you're losing the other side of the decoy, you know. You're basically right. you're only showing three sides when you could be showing six. But no, just randomly, uh, I think predominantly feeding into the wind, predominantly perpendicular to the wind and um, and that's uh, that's that's what I've got, you know, if you really if you really want to do it right, take a look at what's out in the field and and and, and mimic that. Awesome. Cody, do you ever think like have you ever had problems when like a bird circles you? Like you know, a lot of times you know, wishful thinking says that the bird's going to come into that hole against the wind perfectly. But like if they come around your backside, you know, do any of those those silos or those two Ds? They kind of like disappear to the point where the geese are like, where'd those go? Or by the time they're on the backside, are they seeing them again? But what well, I like to hunt in the back in the back part. I like to have uh, to be on the back end of the group. So. Uh, a bunch up my, a bunch up my spread real tight uh, on the most upwind portion, and that's where I'll sit. So by the time they get over me or behind me, and if they're looking if they're looking upwind, they're not going to see anything because they're just not looking at you. But 
But uh, no, if, if they're turning and they see those decoys, the cool thing about a 2D silhouette is that they'll, as the birds circle, they'll come in and out of view. So, so the ones facing perpendicular to the wind will, will be out of view, and the ones parallel to the wind will be in view, and that gives the illusion of, of movement. So, uh, no, I mean, there, there's, there's no, this is very, purely subjective, and a lot of it's trial and error. So, uh, put them out there random. I mean, if you got birds dumping in to one side, uh, heck, move your blinds over to that side or, or, uh, or see what they like about that side and apply that side to the rest of your spread on the next hunt. So the good thing about these decoys is if what you've got isn't working, you can get up, you can turn your layout or just bundle them under your arms and change and move your spread. Heck, we've put out, we've put out, you know, watching, scouting it late at night and up in Canada and those fields are just so, so gigantic. Heck, if you get out there at 4.35 in the morning in the pitch black, heck, you thought you had them pinned and you get out there and you weren't exactly sure. You're, at 4.30 in the morning, you're not exactly sure where they were the last night. So you put out, giving your, giving your best guess. Uh, and if you're off the X, heck, these things are mobile enough. Just grab your layout line, pull it behind you like a freaking sled, load it up with the silhouettes and run, run over to where they're working and set back up and you're in the money. So I can't tell you how many times we've done that. Yeah, that's a whole nother factor to the mobile convenience of these decoys is, you know, when you got birds banking one way or the other, or maybe the wind switches directions, it's a pain in the butt having to get out of that layout and pick up, you know, three, five, ten dozen full bodies and completely shift, you know, the formation or, you know, move a couple family pods here and there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times when you're doing that, you have fresh birds coming in, you're missing opportunities. Whereas, you know, with those 2Ds, you can move them in under a minute. Oh, it's just, it just does not, does not compare. I've, I've messed with the full bodies long enough and, and we've tried to rearrange and regroup and all that stuff with them. And then, God, if you're using a full body without a bungee, if you're just pushing a stake, pushing a stake in the ground without a bungee, man, it's just a nightmare. So we've had, we've had several younger guys, you know, uh, message us after we've been, you know, running your guys's like product and stuff like that on our, our Facebook. Hey, is it really worth it? Like, dude, yeah, like yes. sell, sell whatever 3D, you know, you have, especially if you're trying to compete out here in central Kansas with some lessers or, you know, um, it, all that, like you, you can't, you can't beat realism because all these 3D decoy companies, you know, they're, they're, those are realistic decoys, but you, you don't get more realistic than a picture. Yeah, I mean they're they're uh, they're very realistic. That's for sure. I, I had a guy in here the other day, and he said, uh, "You know, I, I learned the tough way." He goes, "I, I bid on I bid on some marketing, and I bought the fanciest uh, fanciest full bodies I could buy, and and I downsized my spread, and whoa, they looked so nice. I'm telling you." He goes, we "Did that for a whole season, and we had the worst numbers we'd ever had." He goes, "He goes so a deep six those, and heck, this is he was telling a story about." Him hunting before dive bomb even existed. He goes, went out, bought, bought a cost-effective decoy and bulked my numbers up, and we just smacked them, you know. So, yeah. but no, for the money, uh, regardless of the money, these decoys are absolutely beautiful. The uh, especially the flocked heads, the V2Fs uh, that just give that extra pop. You can see them from further out. Uh, you know, the birds. I I think the birds like them, and I know for for certain the buddy next to you hunting you know you're, you're invited your guest he'll look at those and say damn those really look good so uh for sure mm-hmm. for sure well do you have uh do you have any advice for anybody that's maybe only running five to ten dozen 
um, how to you know best maximize those because uh, you know that's kind of a smaller silhouette spread I, I, I guess and uh, just kind of what you you know have you ever gotten away with five dozen uh, five dozen of the V ones uh, heck we run. If we run a real small spread, we'll try to back out of the spread because I don't. I think you're going to have a heck of a time trying to hide yourself in five dozen silhouettes. So, uh, so along the brush, along the edge of a field, or heck, even even back even back behind the spread. You know, give yourself a good twenty yards, and uh, you'll be shooting a little bit further. But you know, if you get if you get in a spread with five dozen, and, and the birds they look like they're coming down, and all of a sudden they flare, and, and they're not flaring because you're moving. They're not flaring because guy, you know, the guy in the field over is shooting. They're just pulling up because they're being cautious. Back out of that spread, pull your pull your spread back, or or pull your blinds back from that spread, and just watch their reaction. That's that's my suggestion. If you can hunt a field edge and run five dozen, you're you're in. I mean, if you got if you got uncut stuff on the edge of a field and those birds were working close enough to that before, or you can you can get on get in their line and they'll see see those decoys out in the field with no blind at all, you're in. But the the biggest problem with running five alone is trying to hide yourself. That's for sure. Yeah, that's great advice. You know, a lot of guys around the country are getting prepped for early goose season. That's you know, some of those people up in North Dakota I think what, two more days and it's already open for them. And, you know, you get a lot of those resident geese across the country that are coming in small family groups, and it's more realistic to be running a smaller spread. So that's great advice to uh, back off, maybe take a little longer shot and get hidden outside of the spread. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, good. Uh, what else? So I, I, I forgot to mention one uh, one new product is the, S, is the S3 Mallard. So we've got Mallard socks. They'll be coming out within, uh, within about a month. So those will be, those will be really cool. And they, awesome. the, the socks and the silhouettes, they, they're like a peanut butter and jelly, man. They're meant for each other. The silhouettes, uh, the silhouettes have a couple different head positions and the socks are primarily head down, but, uh, you get the socks, help hide yourself, help hide the blind. And then, uh, on a windy day, those socks will be moving, and then they'll have that illusion of those silhouettes moving, and you got one hell of a spread. So, and, the, and then with those socks, the S, the S3s and the V2s and the M1s, they can all go in the same bag, which is pretty cool. And those bags are square and they stack real nice, and, and there you have it. So, yeah, absolutely. there's there's a lot of room in those bags. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure is. I'm excited to be running those socks, you know, to hide myself. The last couple of seasons, it seems like a lot of birds are getting weary of me and, you know, my hunting group's layout blind. So I'm hoping that's going to maybe change the game up and help us hide a little better inside the spread with those layouts. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so, too. They're tall. I put, a, I put about a dozen of those S5s out in, the, out in the yard here at the shop and called my dog and just ran right under them, you know. I mean, that's another cool factor. If you're running a bunch of dogs run these s5s and those dogs will just run they'll just run right under them i thought that was one of the most overlooked things or cool things about them that i just noticed by 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 just being random so anyway it's worth it just to get a picture of that alone yeah there should be (laughs) there should be some pretty pretty cool photos coming out of that that's for sure yeah we uh we're actually starting a little um competition on our foul front uh, thing basically uh calling it like the dozen challenge or something but we're timing people how quickly they can put up and tear down just one dozen so cool let me know how it goes heck yeah yeah i thought you were gonna 
it's gonna... spawned from uh, me and Tegan arguing about who could do it do it quicker. So well, cool. We're about to yeah. head to the park right now. So well, get get a couple <laughs> more guys involved, and we'll put together a prize package. How's that sound? Hey, all right, sounds good. We'll we'll be running it on the foul front here, uh, um, Facebook group here, probably today. You guys cool. better start training. Get that package, get that prize. <laughs> yeah. Bro, I'll, be, sure. I'll be doing a shuttle run in the warehouse until I get out of work this afternoon. So. We'll let you and Asher be the judge. But Ben okay. brought up a great point earlier. Some of these people will probably just start stacking them right next to each other. So Ben said we're going to have to uh, factor in a fashion or style points in there somehow. Absolutely. Yeah. Ne- the nearest decoy has to be three feet or five feet apart. So There we go. Can't be, right. can't be in a perfect line. Or we should, yeah, I don't know how you do this. But anyway, you, I'm sure you guys could come up with something creative. You guys are creative, yeah. so. Absolutely. Well, we always kind of ask these uh, these questions here at the end, but, hey, you have only you only get one hunt uh, for the rest of your life. Where are you going? Who are you going with? What's the weather like? What are you running? And what are you, what are you, what are you hitting? I'm, uh, I'm in flooded corn in Missouri. I'm with uh, my oldest friends. Um, we're shooting greenheads in the face. And, um, what am I shooting? I mean, uh, I'm having a lot of laughs, that's for sure. Uh, but, uh, no, I'm with my oldest, my oldest buddies, the guys I cut my teeth with or, uh, shooting stuff in my home state and, uh, getting them in tight and green only. And, um, a band would be, a, a, would be pretty cool. A band, a couple, a couple bands would be cool. And uh, that's that. Weather, I mean, uh, blue skies, 15-mile-an-hour wind, I think uh, it sounds pretty cool. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, you, you, uh, are you able to get out much during the season, being the boss and all? <laughs> so the, jokes, the joke is, uh, you know, I should have done a lawn care business or, or a pool cleaner or a pool cleaning company or something like that. So it's, un- it's unfortunate that the, the peak season of – of uh of of hunting coincides with the peak season of hunting product sales i mean that's pretty logical isn't it but but uh, right. but no it's been uh it's it's been nice I mean, with growth of the company i can i can you know i can start to delegate a bit and i got a guy that andy runs shipping and debbie helps pick and pull and then asher does cost customer service and social media and then i can get out and hunt and uh in doing that i can learn about the products we have uh already out in the field and see how people are, are applying them you know it's nice to see things people that, that that do things out of the box and uh see how people are applying things and then it also gives me a chance to get out with some of the new products and uh, and test them and get some feedback and whatnot so my, my plan is this year is is to hunt quite a bit so it should be cool we'll see if that really happens uh, i mean once stuff gets back ordered here the phone starts blowing up then probably have to step in and help out but no, it uh, it would be nice to uh, enjoy enjoy some of the fruits of this company and get out there and hunt with the people I've talked to over the last several years. Hunt with the people that help us promote and uh, and have some fun out there. So that's that's my plan. But uh, but, but business here is is number one. So we got we got a bunch of people now that depend on this place and this business for the livelihood of their family, and that's that's what's most important. So. Well, I hope that you do get to get out this season. Best of luck, and if you find yourself uh, with a wild hair and you just want to kind of go off the wall, you always have a spot in Kansas to hunt. Yeah. Hey, sounds good. I appreciate it, guys. Keep that in mind for sure. We'll, we'll, uh, I know Asher's going to be out there, so if, if you don't have something scheduled with him or linked up with him, you should get you should get it a, get, a, get, a, get, a, get a plan for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. So. 
Well, hey, we appreciate you taking the time out of your day, and go ahead and get back to uh, helping fill those orders, right? Okay, we'll we'll do for sure. Thanks so much for having me, guys. You got you have a fantastic show, and well, good luck with this show. Uh, I'm thrilled to see you guys are doing so great with it, uh, and and I'm thrilled to be on it. Uh, actually, I'm honored, so appreciate it very much. Okay. Yes, sir. Hey, thank you very much, Cody. We appreciate okay. that. Yeah, thank you. We'll talk soon. Okay. All right. I want to take a minute to thank some of our sponsors. We've got Hunt Hickory Creek. Hunt Hickory Creek is uh, located in southeast and central Kansas. They've got two different locations. And um, not only are they going to put you on the birds, but you're going to have a heck of a time. Um, these guys are some really good guys. we got Chase. He's over in the um, – he's really active in the, in the Facebook group. And then you've got Cody and then Scotty. Um, these guys are going to show you a great time. Um, and the, they got a pretty sweet hunting lodge out there. And – um, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure they still have some November dates left. So if you are looking for your hunt of a lifetime, uh, go hit up uh, hunthickorycreek.com or head on over to the Facebook page, uh, Alfront Waterfowl Group, and hit them up. So we've also got Dive Bomb Industries. Dive Bomb Industries is, they've got some sick, sick decoys. And for absolutely incredible prices. And you just heard literally an hour um, of their CEO and their president. Uh, so it's a great company with great people that are looking to get people into affordable spreads. Literally, you ain't got the time and money to run a trailer full of three dozen, or, you know, full bodies. Go look into these dive bombs. They're, they're, the, they're the real deal. Um, I, I can't say enough for it. And then they're also giving a 10% promo code, uh, foul front, um, two words, all undercase. We've also got Colorado custom game calls. Um, these calls first and foremost sound amazing. Um, and second, they're completely customizable. You can get whatever colors you can get. Uh, you can get a foul front band with our logo and our name on it. Um, you can get whatever different colors of resin that you want. Um, they're, they're awesome. And then you go hit up uh, Austin. He's in the uh, he's in the group as well. So uh, if you want a completely custom call that is tailored to um, your aesthetic needs and what you uh, and sounds great, head on over to Colorado Custom Game Calls for your ten percent off promo code of Foul Front. That's two words all in the case. Uh, next, we've got Freelance Hunt Stats. Uh, FreelanceHuntStats.com is created. It's the brainchild of uh, freelance duck hunter Elliot himself. Uh, he's also in the group, and this thing is pretty sweet. You can track all of your game totals, um, what the weather was like that day by different location, uh, how many shots. Uh, you can look at cloudy versus sunny, windy versus non-windy, how many birds you harvested on what day at this pond. Um, it is going to help you be a hunter um, that is maximizing your potential. Um, and in a few years, that thing is going to be a robust database for knowledge. And he's got a great deal on it right now. So head on over to FreelanceHuntStats.com. Next, we've got ToeTags LLC. ToeTags LLC for like 18 cents a day. All right, imagine this. You've already spent the money on, on your hunting license, all of your decoys, your gas, your truck, uh, your shotgun, um, the coffee, all that stuff. Um, and a considerable amount of time to, to hunt birds. What if I told you for 25 cents a day, you could stop yourself from breaking the law every single day? 
I don't even know if it's 25 cents. I don't even know if it's that. I think it's less than that. I haven't done the math on it, but they're cheap. For like cents a day, not even a dollar a day, you can ensure that you are not breaking the law when it comes to tagging your migratory game birds. It makes it super easy. All you have to do is fill out. You can do it. You can do it in the blind waiting for legal shooting time. That's how easy it is. No, there's no thought to it. Just shove them in your blind bag. Next time you shoot a bird, throw this 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 uh, tag on your strap, and you are good to go. Nobody, you know, no duck is worth seventeen thousand um, dollars, and or, or whatever it is, and uh, possible jail time, and you get in trouble. No one wants that. Not to mention not hunting for uh, several years. So we've got Ryan uh, from Toe Tags LLC coming on in a few weeks to uh, give us the lowdown. So uh, last but least, uh, last but not least, not last but least, um, we've got DocsOutdoorSupplies.com. They've got a foul front uh, 10% discount code too, which is foul front, all one word, foul front 18, excuse me, all one word, 10% off. Um, a lot of these uh, big box stores, they'll shoot you a really low price on the internet. And then by the time you get done adding the shipping and the taxes onto it, boom, you are in for it a lot more than you thought you were. Not at DocsOutdoorSupplies.com, which admittedly is my father's um, online store. Head on over there. He's got a lot of motion decoys. The price you see is the price you pay. It's got, uh, that sounded really kitschy, but, you know, uh, the price that you see on there is what you're going to be paying. So, um, especially with that discount code. Very comparable prices to some other, some of the big places, and he's got a lot of motion decoys on there, and anything else you need to get out into the woods. So, all right, guys, go ahead and support all those companies. We really appreciate it um, because they're the ones that help bring this podcast and make it possible every week. So, all right, see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast. Please come join us on our Facebook group. Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast Group, where you can connect with a good group of hunters, because we're all in this together. We need to act like it so that hopefully our great great grandkids will be hunting ducks over our favorite public lands. Uh, we also ask that you go ahead and give us a written review on iTunes and give us five stars if you think we deserve it. And we really do want to hear back from you uh, so that we can give you the best possible content and if you get in on that facebook group you can get in there and you can ask questions and you can tell us what you want to hear next or you can tell us uh what you don't like and we'll be sure to tailor things to our listeners so all right stay safe out there and we will see you next week Hey, you ever been sitting in front of your TV just wondering why you can't catch the latest episode of The Foul Front right there in your living room so you can press all your guests and family with your fine taste and podcast listening? Me neither. But hey, as a part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective, you can now find The Foul Front and some other great podcasts on your Apple TV, your Roku, your Amazon Fire Stick, Smart TV, even your gaming console just by downloading the Waypoint app. And heck, while you're there, they got over 2,500 hunting and fishing shows on demand. Go download the Waypoint app today. 
Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.